Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Can I say that yeah. now? Now that uh, Thanksgiving's done, I can... I can bah humbug. I can't, it's, it's officially holiday time. Hell yeah, Trump's still in office, so you can say you can say Merry Christmas. You can say I can say I can say Merry Christmas again. <laughs> he got that. He got that. He got that law passed. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Fuck you, Starbucks. <laughs> oh, good job. Good job. I love it. I love it. gentlemen welcome back to papa don't preach uh guys how was your weekend did anybody eat anything this is just after thanksgiving i know that i'm still kind of shed some weight even though i swore i would not eat a lot what'd you eat mitch you know i had that turkey i had that, that stuff turkey. i had that stuff and oh that stuff i had those potatoes oh that potatoes. Yeah. The, those sweet and mashed Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i had those berries uh, <laughs> made by all the crons <laughs> and uh, had a little bit of uh some delicious hawaiian bread rolls damn that is amazing did you get did you get any like uh the the leftovers the next day you do any of the the, the mitch special sandwiches uh, you know unfortunately so but here so it's, it's a it's a two-sided story so uh, <laughs> After Thanksgiving, though, since the wife and baby were still out of town, the following day they did come home, and Amanda made a Thanksgiving dinner number two with all three of us. Damn. So I definitely made a sandwich. I definitely had I had leftovers again tonight. Uh, so we going hard since Thursday. <laughs> Actually, Friday. No, Friday was my day off of Thanksgiving, but Sunday, yeah, now Monday. Yeah, so life's good. Life's good. Life is good. I actually had a bowl of it also last night at like around 1130. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just in a bowl, I put like a just a few pieces of turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes in a bowl (laughs) through that bitch in the microwave Uh, for a minute. If for anyone that's listening, a minute is perfect. (laughs) <laughs> okay i think what what psychopath was like yo let's stick some wet bread in this turkey's ass it's gonna be delicious like that i i'm not about stuffing whoa oh, you're having the wrong stuffing then yeah you are oh, see, everyone says that though i'll make you some good stuffing tony makes a cornbread stuffing it's not that i'm against stuffing i think the stuffing is good it's delicious i'm just thinking like what six sadist like sadistic piece of shit came up with this idea well, it's the it, it, seasoning, man. That human is the only one to make something soggy delicious. <laughs> soggy delicious. Because if if right my, my my sandwiches, if the bread is soggy on my sandwich, I will throw that thing away immediately. Yeah, cereal, that's true. Cereal gets soggy, down the garbage disposal. Uh, same thing. Done and done and done. So I don't let it sit that long. Yeah. It doesn't have it. Doesn't stand a chance. 
Well, I don't know when the last. I don't know when the last time I had soggy cereal was, but you've never been sitting like in your whole life. You've never been sitting on your ass Saturday morning watching X Men and gotten encapsulated by Gambit's story in the Bayou where he has to save Rogue and been like, "Damn, that's crazy!" And then put your spoon down in your bowl, lift it up to your mouth, and be like, "Oh shit, it's been like five minutes." I still eat it. Soggy as fuck. (laughs) I still eat it. Why? It's still disgusting. Human. Yeah. I don't waste food. Yeah, the flavor's still there. The flavor's still there. The texture might be different, but the flavor's still there. Ugh, you no, it does not. Me no. You make me sick. <laughs> Can you hear uh, yourself? <laughs> yeah, I know. I sound like shit. I'm good. Uh, but Z- yo, Zan, you're the. Did you like kosher kill a turkey? You got your own garden back there. What'd you have for Thanksgiving? Kosher, my garden is not set up right now. We uh, went to my parents. Had everything Super that spreader. Mitch was talking. There's very. They're they're all in my bubble. And uh, okay. so it was very small um, and very good. No turkey. We don't do turkey. We that chicken, a beautiful ham. So uh, Tanya's Tanya was delicious. We were still eating leftovers. Tanya's mom made um, a Persian cherry rice, which was always on point. Uh, Tanya made Persian it. cherry rice. Yeah, it's uh, have leeks in it. No leeks. I'm forgetting the uh, tadik. Is, oh. is is it's delicious. Anyways. Um, Tony made some wait, 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 don't yeah, yeah, whoa. What the hell's Dadi? Yeah, yeah, you can... it's a, it's the Persian cherry rice, and on the bottom of it, they crisp it. What is it? <laughs> it's a type of, it's uh, rice. I need with, the full formula. The Start sauce. from the beginning. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that. You're not getting it from me. But I'll email it to you later. <laughs> All I know is that she puts it in front of me, and I eat it, and I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> what what else did she? You know, uh, she got a recipe. Tanya's mom got a recipe from my cousin, who usually comes from Canada, who they did not come this year. Uh, her sweet potato and jalapeno cranberry sauce recipe, Ooh. which was which was delicious, uh, and just a nice thing because they, I don't think that they met only that once. Sounds before. nasty, but I. I guess it's, it's really good. good. Right? It's really good. Yeah. So like that's sweet potato, jalapeno, cranberry. Sweet, yeah. spicy sounds. I don't. Delicious. I don't like normal sweet potatoes. I only mess with the Japanese sweet potatoes. But this was really good. Everything <laughs> that comes out of your mouth is so elitist. <laughs> <laughs> give you that ass. Does it? Give, does it give you that ass fire? I don't. No. No. <laughs> no ass fire. Did you make your lobster and steak? Oh, bro. Yeah, me and my sister threw down. Uh, I'm sorry. My sister and I <laughs> threw down. We're trying to set up a better world for our kids. But yeah, we threw down. Uh, we went full Chinese. I did the uh, white sticky sushi rice, made uh, uh, sweet and ginger pork belly mm. with my own version of General Tao's chicken. Uh, I don't even know who General Tao is and why they call it that, but it's basically Kung Pao chicken. racist thing. Yeah, it's basically Kung Pao chicken. And then, yeah, we had some lobster tail, and uh, I think that I think that was it. Finished off with the mochi. I found out my sister does not like mochi. She's like, I'm. She's like, I don't fuck with that texture. Like, I'm not trying to eat wax to get to my ice cream. <laughs> I was like, okay. There's all there, uh, like I only like the strawberry mochi. Other than that, I, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, the green tea mochi's good, strawberry mochi's good, mango's good. We just got a vanilla. I'm gonna try that. I haven't tasted it yet. A vanilla no mochi. Green tea. Even... No green tea. You don't fuck with the green tea mochi? No. Fuck with that strawberry. I thought no. you'd be all about it, your coastal elite ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. You're just giving me 
reactions I want. I love it. I love I'm it. trying to give you as much as much of the reactions that you crave. But Thank hey, you. did you guys have to deal with any of those awkward family conversations over the dinner table this year? Anybody have to deal with any of that bullshit? Nope. Not even close on my end. It was me, my younger sister, my mom, dad, <laughs> and my niece and nephew. It was the it was so quiet. It it, it was actually so really talking nice. at all. <laughs> no, we were talking. You know, we did a we we were we were cracking jokes around the around the table, but um, it was it was actually it was really really nice That's because great. it because it was so quiet. That's Rather amazing. than just like a hectic, I mean, I got a big family and normally there is something that's going down that, you know, he can, he can hear something racist or he can try to wake up an aunt or uncle where you're just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like you've been sleeping the whole fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so, some, it was nice. It was, it was actually beautiful, to be honest. Yeah. It, sucked, it sucked no wife and kid, but other than that, it was nice well, quiet beautiful dinner i'm glad that you were able to keep both of y'all keep all the politics out of the dinner this weekend like i mean not to get too into it i i know you guys caught it that was pretty i don't know if somebody's trolling us but that was pretty amazing to see somebody was like yo president uh mr president trump we're gonna sit you down at this little kid's table so you can start airing your grievances at the media and i'm just like who thought this was a good idea you know that this dude's gonna become a meme in a second i didn't even hear what he was saying i'm like Look at the size of this table. This motherfucker's <laughs> Wait, what? I missed that. Oh my god! He did. Yeah, he had this press conference about election fraud and all this shit. It's his like first official press conference after he came out for three minutes. It was like the stock market is up after they said I lost it. Right, <laughs> I lost right. the election. Right. Yeah, Dow, Dow Jones. So, Dow, jo yeah. Dow Jones at an all-time high. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, we did amazing. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, he came out and they sat him at this little kid's table. I'll send you a picture, man. It's hilarious. And not even talking about the most cra the craziest thing is I'm not sure if you guys have heard about OAN, but mm -hmm. uh, for those of you out there who are not familiar with OAN, One American News, they are the crazy old uncle that's super racist to Fox News. You might be saying, "What? These people are to the right of Fox News," and I raise you a hell yes. <laughs> they are out of their goddamn mind. Highly but they, aired, but they rate like so they they aired what they promoted as a hearing. They promoted this as a hearing, and it was Rudy Giuliani at the Hyatt Regency oh <laughs> talking God. to a bunch of like sycophants about election fraud and how technology that was used in Venezuela and. Uh, was created to steal elections was used and this wasn't a hearing there were no senators no judges involved it was literally Rudy Giuliani a couple of his cronies at the Hyatt Regency set up like a hearing and it looked like it was shot on it was like an iPhone commercial it looks like it was shot yeah. on the iPhone 12 <laughs> and I'm like is somebody gonna put this shit in landscape like why is this fool in this box it was the worst thing I've ever seen but I couldn't look away I'm like this is real oh my this God. is real Wow, it's, this is, it's, is it real? Is this this is simulation? <laughs> I, I mean, there's just so many, so many things that make me think this. We jumped like multiverse, like we're in the wrong one. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we are in the wrong one. We are in the wrong one. 
You know, I don't, but like, I don't want to keep dragging you guys down with politics. Mitch, um, can you give us our sports recap of the weekend? I know there was a big fight. Oh yeah. Just Do- update? 100%. Uh, Dodgers just, still champs. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I just want to hear about the main event. Fight. <laughs> oh, when the, Do- when the Dodgers beat the, the Rays. <laughs> How I ended with Julio Reyes striking out that motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, in Texas, do you want me to? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So, well, <laughs> sports wise, yeah, Dodgers still champs. Dodgers beat uh, Dodgers. Uh, Dolphins beat the Jets. <laughs> Booyah! Uh, yeah, great Jets, accomplishment. <laughs> Jets go to zero and ten. my kid could beat the Jets by I himself. Could, <laughs> I could not be happier. <laughs> I, sp- right. I if all three of us would just pick up a football and go on the field right now, we'd probably beat the Jets. Yeah, I think seven point spread. If you put uh, if you put us four, we get Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell. I think we're solid. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're good. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna pick up Cap. I'm gonna pick up Cap. Ah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let him in the stadium. Come on, let's be real. (laughs) They're not gonna have his black ass in the stadium. Let's be real. (laughs) How funny is it to be if Colin Kaepernick gets drafted and ESPN just starts blurring out his face? (laughs) Oh my god. I honestly. Uh, he can be used on so many fucking teams right now. Not to get uh, like too crazy off subject, but he can be used on every single... Like, I can think of at least seven. Dude, yeah. There's so many trash just quarterbacks ha- out like, there. Just hands down. Not not That's only, like, he's one, he's better than them. <laughs> <laughs> and two, he's better than them. <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> Tyson and Jones. How the fuck can Vegas make it that you can bet on two of these legit legends? They are two of the greatest boxers. I, I mean, I watched both of all of their fights from a very, very young age, all like until 2018, Roy Jones' last fight, where it was just so, the saddest thing I've ever seen, and it was thank God he retired after that. Um, yeah, nobody, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> it, it, like it, it, it just ruined it, it. Oh. It, youtube it it's just not it's just not good um but you know he looked really good against tyson both of them the fact that they're in their 50s i don't understand how the fuck the judges called it a fucking draw because it makes zero zero sense whatsoever jones just like in his (laughs) in his pre-fight or his post-fight was just like yeah we can run it back and then he like takes it away yeah he was he took it away immediately (laughs) Like it's like yeah we could we could do this again but yeah you know uh they're like trying to find any excuse not to ever have that happen again you know I give him props for staying up because he took some great shots from Tyson then again Tyson's fifty four he's only fifty one yo but, but Ty- there's just there's just no it's <laughs> so just, funny like, he's only fifty one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's, it's crazy that Tyson what, what, correct me if I'm wrong Jones stopped fighting like about four years ago. 2018 was no 2018 was his last professional fight okay and then but it's been like 15 years for mike tyson tyson i I didn't see the whole fight i saw i saw highlights but like the dude is a monster and he He, he, after the fight he was like ready to continue fighting he lost 100 pounds he lost 100 pounds i think he's vegan now also (sighs) you you would go there Um, i don't i'm not a vegan I'm a conscientious <laughs> omnivore. Oh my god! <laughs> you can omni these nuts. Oh my god! 
<laughs> oh man. But no, it was just, it was just it. like you know it and uh you know some of the things I saw on Sports Center uh, today. Uh, like Stephen A. Smith, like the Jake Paul Nate Robinson fight as well. God damn. Who? I, I maybe I haven't looked up. You know, maybe it's my fault for not looking up like Nate Robinson's net worth on why he would take this fight. But like you're fighting someone who. It's not like Jake Paul's really that great of a boxer, but he is a thousand times more experienced than you. And it clearly showed within <laughs> the, the first ding of that bell when Nate Robinson came out looking like a little banshee, just throwing these wild ass haymakers. And Jake Paul was just like, oh, what the fuck's going on? And then he just sat back and just peppered him and then <laughs> fucking put him to sleep for legit two minutes. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had to give him smelling salt. He couldn't get on his own chair <laughs> on his little stool. When he was being helped, he had no idea where the fuck he was. He you said they he have a special little stool for Nate. <laughs> Nate no, they're all little. <laughs> 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 but you know, uh, it, but now when I'm thinking about a little baby stool for Nate, it's, it's actually pretty fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like three inches off the ground, but no, it's just I. I I don't know if he did it just because it's like, hey, cool, I got to, you know, uh, for yourself to have that, hey, I got in a ring and I fought in an undercard of a Tyson fight. You know, if that's what you were looking for, if, 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 if that was the check you were looking for on your resume, then congratulations. Other than that, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> just, it was so sad. Uh, uh, and yeah, Tyson easily won that fight. That's just fucking dumb. And the fact I, that people lost money on betting to, to for that to even happen is that's a flat out sham. That is yeah. You want to talk about fraud? There's some fraud right. There's some fucking <laughs> yeah. fraud right there. Where I don't know. Do fuck you, at, Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> I got Do you know video. I at least have charity? video. How much? Oh, I'm asking you, sir. Oh, uh, no, I, uh, not necessarily in the fight. I know how Tyson, I think, was like projected to make around like 10 million. And he was planning on donating and all of it, all of it, because he had said, you know, when I've had a lot of money, <clears throat> I don't do good things. I, I work a lot like he's a lot, a 10 times better human being when he's humble and he just has what he needs rather than having those hundreds of millions of dollars and. You know, he admits, you know, not only from uh, uh, Cusp uh, passing away, his trainer, who was also his stepfather, but oh, he, yeah. he he donated it. I think he, 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 he donated most of it. I think he had he was guaranteed $10 million. I guess I thought there was going to be, like, more money from that going to charity. I don't know. Well, I heard, like, good. those pay-per-view, like, maybe he's taking the $10 million and donating all the pay-per-views because I did hear maybe. at one point that, like, the pay-per-view sales were out of control. Like, one of the highest pay-per-views of all time. Hmm. I don't know if that's fact or if they have all the info or if people, uh, you know, bought that, bought it a lot earlier than normal to where they were able to make that projection. But, yeah, it was... Well, 
Well, good for Tyson. Good. It was it was yeah, it was fun. To, it was he's, really really great to see him back in the ring again. Yeah, and he's he's literally like one of the best rapists I've followed in in my life. Fuck, convicted. I, I, I like I like how 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 that I like I just knew that would come out at some point. <laughs> yeah, fuck fuck Tyson. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, hey, we had an episode about separate separ- separating the fucking the athlete from the fucking person and guess what i can do i can separate the athlete from the fucking person i know i know know, well i know you guys have a problem maybe you guys just you know just need to do it let's take a quick break let's take a quick break and we'll come right back to papa don't preach Preach. Welcome, guys. I want to hop right into our main topic we were all discussing earlier about raising better humans on this planet, making sure that we leave this place better than we came in. And Zan, I'm going to come to you real quick. Uh, Mitch, I'm going to ask you the same question after. But have you guys experienced or have dealt or been on the uh, not receiving, but the giving side of random acts of kindness? Yeah, um, I can't think of something that comes to my mind recently where um, it's been, I've received it. But in the past, like I'm, I'm, I'm always ready to jump out and help someone. Uh, luckily, it hasn't been in super serious situations. Like there, I can't count the amount of times where I see someone that needs to like push their car out of the road, where I'll jump out and you know push it out with them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely the guy at concerts or festivals where when someone just passes out there. I can't like help get them out. Um, either they just gotta, pass out from. I gotta start hanging out with you more. Hey man, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it's a. Uh, I don't know if it's selfish, but I like to help in that sense. I guess that's not selfish. Well, in the sense, like, yeah, I feel positive. It's like it feels good to do it. Um, you know, I'm not doing it just for my own personal benefit, but it's like, I don't know. It's like I'm trying to. Make a good example, I guess. I've, I understand what you're saying. You know what I think that's a, that, that's a philosophical question that we can get yeah. back to on why people do nice things. But what about right. you, Mitch? Do you, have you dealt with random acts or done random acts? Yeah, well, just real quickly, I was going to say that's when it, beca- it becomes selfish if you're looking for recognition of your act of kindness. Oh, yeah. I'm not ever looking for that. That That's that's when I, I, I can agree to the selfish. Or that's when someone's being like yes. dragging some drunk person. Hey, man, there's a, there's a lot of fucking YouTubers that do that fake ass shit to, yeah. try, to, to try to make a fucking happy video. Mitch, so, you covered that in an earlier podcast about how that really bothers you. People like sticking a, a camera in a homeless guy's face and handing him a plate of food. So thanks, bro. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just dumb. Um, one instance that... Uh, sticks out to me and i know we'll get more into depth with this a little bit later uh but when i lived in portland uh amanda was i think back out this way and yeah she was she wasn't there because i was just like out walking around in the city just trying to figure out something to do not spend money um on like a friday or saturday night and some dude uh was like beating up a uh, beating up a chick at the Moda Center, and I just walked up and put him to bed. 
Just one punch. Mm-hmm. One punch right into the jaw. He went to sleep. Asked her if she was okay. And I just continued my walk. Like, that was it. Like, there was no... I, I wasn't sticking around for anything. Like, I just saw a chick getting hurt. Put him to bed. And that was it. I mean, I, I always hold doors open. Like, that's just a go-to. I don't care how, I don't care if you're 30 feet away, 50 feet away. I'll wait. 50 feet. I don't give a, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I, 30? If I, what, what if do I 30 feet to, away, that's a great running kick. You know, you can a, what, what, do, what do I have to, what do I have to wait? Like, why am I always in, why are people always in such a rush? You're talking seconds, bro. You're legit you, talking seconds. Are they running? Yeah, what, what, what's, no. what's your thirty foot time? Yeah. What's your thirty, 30 foot time? Thirty Zan? feet. Okay, that's that's ten pace. That's ten paces. Is thirty feet? I don't know. I feel like it's. That's oh my god! Five, one one feet is pretty much one yard is one step. Yeah, man. Thirty feet is thirty feet is legit nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's I a, feel longer a, than you'd wait for most well, situations. That, but that, but, okay, but that's what I do. I'm not okay, in a rush. You, ru- you. you do. You. Well, yeah, I'm not in a rush any at any time. If I if I'm leaving a store, going into a store, getting in line to buy something, it's very rare that I'm in a rush, unless my kid or my wife or someone in my family like I need to get this medicine. Otherwise, you know, there's something's going on. I'm not in a rush. I've been known to be a slow walker. I feel you. I feel oh, I you. definitely don't walk slow. People need to start. Picking up their fucking, okay. their, <laughs> put a little pep in their fucking step. Just the door for him. But I don't have a problem holding the door. <laughs> well, guys, the reason I bring this up is uh, I want to talk about the bystander effect, and I want to find out how we go about introducing our kids into a better world on where you know they'll see something, they say something, and uh, for those out there who do not know what the bystander effect, it was coined uh, in a, it was coined in a a study over a murder charge back in the 60s over Kitty uh, Genovese. This woman in the 60s was stabbed and killed uh, in an alley, not in an alley, but like in a quad, actually in an apartment complex, with a bunch of shops around. After the cops came to interview everyone, they realized that there was about 38 witnesses that either saw the attack or heard the attack, but they all assumed somebody else would help or somebody else would reach out for the authorities. And they got holding that the bystander effect where they've done multiple studies where if you have one person in a, if you put two people in a room and there's smoke, they will react to that smoke. But if you have a hundred people in there and nobody says anything, there's more likely that nobody will react or say anything about that. It's just, we go into like a collective hive mind, the more people that are around apparently when there is danger. And I just kind of want to talk about certain situations and I want to chat with you guys and seeing how we deal with this. Uh, you know, personally, is there a difference on knowing when to step in? Is there like, there's a thin line of minding your own business and stepping in and doing the right thing. I, I'll give you an example real quick. I remember I was riding the red line down to LA, ooh, ooh, red line, DTLA. And I hopped, I hopped on the train. And for those of you who've never been to Los Angeles, know there, there is a subway in Los Angeles. It's Hell not yeah, the we, greatest. We, we, oh, remember when we, we ran, we, we rode that bitch for like for a full day. Yeah. <laughs> in that thing up and down the city. Uh, but I was, uh, I hopped on the red line and you know, I sat down right next to the door uh, I, I was waiting. Uh, I was, I think I was about like six or seven stops. So I know I was in the long haul. I put on my headphones. I was chilling. And uh, this woman walks in 
And, you know, I noticed her, pretty attractive woman. She walks in and she sits down. And also who walks in on the other side of the train is this obvious no-tooth tweaker, like shirts off on the train, like he, all tatted. He got like them SoundCloud tats on his face. He's just worthless. You know, this dude's on something. Math. And so, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I see him eyeballing this chick. And in my head, I'm thinking like, I hope this nothing pops off. And he goes and he sits next to this girl and there's plenty of seats on this train. This ain't New York. There's plenty of seats on the train. And he sits right next to this girl. He starts scooting closer. He tries talking to her and she has her headphones and she's ignoring him. And besides going down the deep, dark hole of how, you know, violence against women and being like guys putting themselves in that position is fucking heinous. Like besides that, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this dude and I look over to my left and I see another black dude who's a little bit older than I am. He looks a little bit older than I am. And I kind of look at him. He gives me this look kind of like, if you say something, I got your back. I look at him. I look over there and look back at him. And he looks at me and gives me a little head nod. For those of you who don't know, there's a secret code of black people have with a little head tip like, you know, you good? I'm good. You good? I'm good. All done with one tip of the head. That's it. So I get up and I move closer. And this right when I'm moving closer, this woman's like, please don't touch me, like really loud. And she, I know that she said it that loud to get people's attention, but nobody said anything. Nobody even looked at her. So I got up there and I was like, yo, man, do you have a problem? So I ain't got a problem. I ain't got a problem. Like, yo, man, leave her alone. Leave her alone. There's no thing. It's like, what, what the, why is your own fucking business? Right when he said that, black dude gets up right behind me. And I'm not a small dude, but I know that I'm not trying to punch some dude in the mouth and get hepatitis C. So I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there and I'm like, once that dude got up, I was like, okay, I, I just felt more confident in that if I got to knock this dude out, I'm going to knock this dude out. But I'm also not trying to wait around on this train with this bloody tweaker in the back of the six train. So uh, he gets, like the guy gets up and he tries to puff out his chest. And I'm like, yo, man, you don't want a fucking problem. You don't want to catch a case right now. Like you don't want this. Just leave her alone. There's plenty of fucking seats. And, you know, I'm getting in his face and he fucking walks up to the front. And the girl doesn't say anything. She literally like looks at me like, like I saved her life. She doesn't say anything and looks at me. And I just sit across from her to make sure this dude doesn't come back. And I don't even know if it was her stop, but literally the train stops and she gets and runs out. And this dude is sitting there trying to accost another dude. And I was just like, how come I had to be the one to get up and stand up to that dude? Like, why wasn't everybody on that train like, you need to leave this young lady alone? Well, no, I think I, I think a lot of people don't. We never know, especially if if we're talking like a druggie, right? You don't know if he has a knife. You, we don't know. Like, is you are are you willing to put your life on the line for someone else that you do not know? Now, me, I know if I have Amanda and Sailor with me on that bus, I'm probably going to be the one that gives the nod rather than says something but if it's ob that's going a and i'm like oh yeah i'm down like just there's no ifs ands or buts about it now i'm by myself my wife and kid are not there i can guarantee i'm saying something Mm -hmm. because i'm not going to put their lives in danger i'm not worried about me i've been stabbed Mm -hmm. before Got stabbed on in on Halloween. Straight, I got took a screwdriver straight through my forearm, to my mouth, and above my eye. Oh my god! <laughs> on Halloween fuck? in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, think <laughs> about that. 
Yeah, that's why I don't go to Thousand Oaks, man. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> what, wait, what happened? That's some hillbilly shit right there. <laughs> well, you know, when you like, and that's the thing from we almost got run over and we were walking on a street that had no sidewalks and homies going fucking 80 and a 25. And it was legit. The girl I was dating at the time, I like fucking pushed her onto the grass to get her the fuck out of the way. And my other buddy as well, like we just, we push our ladies and we just like threw up our hands. Like what the, like what the fuck was that? Like these people are fucking nuts. Didn't scream, didn't do anything, but they came circling back around. They rolled down their window and we were hammered too. And right when, right when he rolled out that window and fucking, Asked if, asked if we wanted any. We both just f- f- fucking just started throwing haymakers through a car. And then my arm went in, and I just caught a screwdriver straight through the forearm. Aye. Got a jab right in the – right above my lip or my bo- uh, my bottom lip and right above my eye. Thank God I fucking do have glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but – Nerd yeah, power. Like, like that's the yeah. thing. Like I can I can understand like the don't get involved in something that's like that could jeopardize your you. Like Yeah, and it also changes once you have a, a family too. I mean, you, you know, I like you like you were saying, I mean, you start you you start thinking about like, oh, am I, you know, gonna stop to help this? Like what are the chances of this affecting my ability to get home? Luckily I haven't been in a situation where the serious like that where i've had to contemplate that and again it's situational and and ideally it's like if there are other people around also i think if you don't see anyone making any kind of interaction towards the situation going on i think it's okay to get their attention to get other people's attention to like hey like i see this is going on you need to see this too we should do something or at least like i step up forward and you know, get that mm-hmm. nod ideally. Yeah, it's hard. It's all situational with that. And it's hard to figure it out. I know that we live in California, which just recently adopted the Good Samaritan law. And the law basically states that you can step in and help somebody without risking being persecuted. Like if somebody was prosecuted, walk- prosecuted, not persecuted, prosecuted. <laughs> Uh, but if somebody like walks into oncoming traffic and you tackle them out of the way and break their arm, they can sue you for breaking their arm, even though you were trying to save them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Good Samaritan law basically says that you're protected from that as long as that you were, you had good intentions, you were not expecting any compensation, or you were just acting. It's a law under the Board of Health. But that comes. How do we t- teach our kids to walk that thin line of? when to step in and when to mind your own goddamn business. I mean, I think it'll first, even before you get to that, you have to teach them empathy. Um, They have to be like, learn empathy in order to even have those thoughts of like, okay, do I step in? Do I not? I see something's going on. This person looks like they're scared or upset or, you know, they have to, you have to teach them to, you know, understand those feelings and understand how to deal with them within deal with them within themselves and a lot of that is you know through example and through communication as they're young Mm -hmm. so it's man i feel like when they get to those situations of what you're what you're talking about it's ideally there's like a nice foundation of experience (laughs) that you've given them to where 
they're able to discern. Um, and I, it's, it comes from talking to them. It comes from leading by example, you know, how you do, how you, how they see you interact with people in, in non, uh, in non like stressful ways. And then also how they see how you act in, uh, in stressful ways. I think it's really important for, I think it's really important that, you know, me, like for people just to assess their situation, like know your surroundings, know what's going on. You know, if like uh, the train situation, if it's just, if it's just like you three or me, a lady, and then some meth head that's trying to do something, I'm, I'm for sure saying something I, I will protect her there's just no ifs ands or buts about it that's just how i luckily i was raised and like zan said you know talking about and talking to your kids but like still to this day like i you know anywhere that me my wife and my child go like i look i like i know oh, yeah I, I know my exits like anything yeah. goes on, like anything goes on anywhere we go like I, I've already looked at that stuff. The awareness is there. It has to be. And also like you mentioned, you know, taking a second to like assess the situation real quick. And that can happen over, you know, a split second where you give yourself pause to to take it in. Mm-hmm. That's important to try to do so, you know, you and can I've, actually be helpful and not just react to sometimes we don't, you know, obviously don't react and um But I think I like a lot of like knowledge that i gained weren't even from like you know parent you know me having conversations with my mom and dad mom and dad it was you know a lot of the times it came with like friends who did Mm -hmm. get in those brawls to where if we went out it was like fuck like i love hanging out but at the same time like i know they they got into shit and did so you it, do you find yourself distancing yourself from certain people because of that? Oh, there's a ton of people. I mean, I, I have very, very fucking few friends <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at, at 37 years old. <laughs> I was going to say, we're here for you, bud, but okay. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if, Mitch, if Mitch gets jumped at a bar, I'm making sure to get that shit on Instagram live. Nah, but for real like and that's honestly like i would jump in and like that's something that where like is this a conversation you have with your kids preemptively or is this a conversation when they get sent home from getting into a fight because i know that i never had that conversation with my mom until there was a fight in school and i got involved yeah Uh, that's a i mean that's a really really good question question. like how how do you handle that and i know the way that it was, I feel like it's the way it was, the way it was put to me is my mom was just trying to protect me. And when I got in trouble, my mom let me know because from where she came up, what she had to deal with when she came to the States, she told me straight up, she's like, you're a black kid in a white world. You stay mm-hmm. away from that. You mm-hmm. stay away from that. If something happens, you go find somebody, but do you not get involved? Never get involved. Because she basically thought that no matter what I do, no matter what my intentions, I will get blamed. Is that does that have to do with skin? Well, that's what she that's what she told me was that yeah. like, you're a black kid in a white world. Don't I mean, get involved. It, I mean, it makes I can understand. It why makes sense, she, but I can understand why sense. she said it. But I learned, you know, as I got older, I realized that I can control that narrative to an extent, so I don't have to feel that way all the time. 
But that's something that I had to learn through, like you were saying, through my friends and my peers and the situations I was in. You take it to a whole different level when just you being you has to be a consideration compared to me being who I am into consideration. No, you're right. Yeah, if I had a mustache, yeah, I wouldn't get blamed. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you got you got one. You just got you got you're like that's eight, on the location. Yeah, you, you call like, this a mustache? Yeah, that's like six pubes below your nose. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a stubble. That's a little you, stubble. I mean, <laughs> your facial hair is the same type of hair on in your pubic hair as your pubic hair. Did you know bullshit. That? My my pubes ain't this gray. The same type. <laughs> yeah, Mitch, Mitch's pubes are 27, but his face is 68. <laughs> My wiener nah. says I'm still in high school. <laughs> I just hit that. I just hit that table corner wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, to you know, to get off what you were saying, like I know that once Ozo goes to school, like it's something that I'm. It's, I, I obviously know it's going to be a different situation, but in my dream that I had as being a parent, I'll be driving him to school and I'll, you know, I'll, each day I'm giving him life lessons, you know, trying to drop some knowledge here and there. I know life gets in the way and it's not going to be exactly how I played out, but I definitely want to let him know, like, don't fight, don't ever use violence, help people when you need to help people. Uh, but, you know, like, Mitch, there's, there's something that you touched on about not getting in fights if they can be avoided or stepping in when they needs to be like, now that you've got kids, you're not trying to get stabbed in the eye mm-hmm. over some bullshit. But at the same time, I wasn't trying to get just stabbed knowing by any you bullshit and, back then either. <laughs> I know you were trying to, but now that like you've lived that experience, you know, if you didn't have Amanda, you didn't have say that you were still just a single dude and you saw somebody acting out, you'd want to like, you'd want to step in. And even now you still want to step in, but I know that it crosses your mind. Like, what if this dude has a gun? What if this guy has a knife? Like you might try to say something, but I know, do you have a little pause about just rushing in? Of course there's repercussions. Yeah. Yeah, There's the the repercussions for anything, whether it just like, you know, say I'm not married and I don't have a child, but is this going to cost me my job? Like, is this going to, like, what can actually happen from this? Like, and that's the, that is the scary, I think that's the scary part that, if it, especially when it comes to assault, like, you, you see someone being uh, assaulted, it should just be anyone and everyone going right, up and wrapping this done. person up. And I don't, yeah. guy, girl, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, no. And wait for the police. But at the same time, like I said, you don't know what someone has on them. We live in a world of tech. We live in a world of technology as well, to where people would rather film and watch. Like they want, they want to see this person get fucked up, rather than fucking say something. George Floyd is a perfect example. Like this is a different situation because this is police. But think about this. Like I brought this up a bunch of times about you know all this, all these attacks on unarmed people where cops are beating up somebody that's not resisting or anything like people they get out their phones and they film it. There's still no consequences, but you know, let's say somebody was willing to go to jail and like 
tackled this cop off George Floyd mm-hmm. and was like, he's not resisting, like just tackled him. And that guy got arrested as well, got tased and he got like, George Floyd might be alive today if somebody did that. It would, it would continue a conversation also. It will. Uh, but it's there's certain elements in life. I, I know, Zan, you touched on teaching our kids empathy, but uh, one thing that was brought up earlier that, you know, children learn what they live. And if we teach love and acceptance, they it, there's only so much those words can bake through until they deal with that situation. You also have to, I think, teach them. I agree with you. They also have to teach them uh, that at, at a certain point that, you know, not everyone is taught that. And there are people that may, you know, that may try to take your, you know, they, excuse me, that may see your kindness as weakness and try to take advantage of you. And I don't know necessarily yet how to best prepare her for that, but um, that's something to be aware of. And I think that, you know, like your mom was saying, like you're a black kid in a white world, like there are realities that we need to, um, you know, that we're just going to have to continue to <laughs> expose them to, unfortunately, um, and just make sure that they have the confidence and wherewithal to to deal. Well, uh, well, Mitch, I have, a, I have a question for you. Do you worry about raising someone too kind in a world that's so cruel? No. Um... Well, it's because Sailor's going to be 6'5". <laughs> Golden Glove winner, <laughs> you know, when you get pop with that jab real quick, you know, <laughs> you're gonna question your antics. No, uh, just ask Nate Robinson. <laughs> it, <laughs> oh, I, it, I, if I were to put Sailor in at Jake Paul's age and Nate Robinson at his age, same fight, I could guarantee that Sailor would knock him the fuck out. That's right. That's but yeah, the, but yeah, like uh, the the world is so. Like if there's no empathy, you know. It, well, that's something we, we've lost. Uh, when has our world really had empathy? We our 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 country is based true, off true. of off of bullying. That's that's how that's how that's why we're here, and we mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that's all we've done. That's what not just from legit. Le- le- well, I mean, you can go back to you know the cavemen like that. It's it, it's whoever's stronger is better. Mm-hmm. If I can beat the if I can beat the fuck out of you, you're gonna give me what you, what you have. That's just that's how that's who we are. That, that that's how dumb we are as humans. We we are not evolved enough to even understand the capabilities that you, the great things that we can do if we came together. We still build our lives. It's who we are. It it, it nothing has changed. Not much. I mean, obviously, things have changed technologically, and the things that each person has as an individual. But we still are the same. Like when when you we break down our DNA, we're nothing but bullies. That's 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 who we are. If I, if I can overpower you, I'm gonna take what that what you have, and I'm gonna be fine. Now, whether or not you show you want someone to have empathy. So okay. Too. Okay. So what? So you want someone to feel sorry for someone that lost something, but we don't actually do anything to the person who takes. Well, think we, about it. In a we don't think about it in a different way. Between besides being the aggressor, what about the protector? Like, will you be raising Sailor to say like you're stronger? 
So, you know, take anything that you want, you have the strength to do it, or are you more like you you like you're a protector. I, you are you have a certain standing in it. I guess like I always looked at myself as a protector and not a taker. But yeah, there might be people that I've come across paths with who will disagree and say, nah, Obi, you're a bully, you're a taker. Like you bully until you get your way. Yeah. And I, mean, I might I, not so I, no, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. I continue. Sorry. No, no. Well, no, I, I, no, because like, well, I, I wanted to, I, the reason I was asking is I wanted to hear both your opinions on that and more. I wanted Zen to explain about conflict resolution and how to teach our kids. Well, like exactly about how to step in without our fists, because like what we're, t- we're talking about people getting in fights and then putting ourselves in harm way. But there are other uh, there are other ways to solve conflict like that. And yeah. do we yeah. do we teach our kids that way? Do we take our children and take them down to Skid Row and be like, "See that bum beating up that other dude over those cans? Go up to him and tell him that we can both split these cans." Like, how do you how do you teach conflict resolution? Like, how do you apply it to everyday life? I think it's one. It's witnessed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you see your parents doing the right thing and taking care of someone who may be in need. Um, that's one, and I think that's also one of the biggest impacts because I think if a kid, regardless, like eventually they're going to have their own friends. Eventually they get av- they get advice from bad people or they get terrible advice maybe from good people. Yeah. Um, you know the way i was the way i was when i was a teenager is completely different from how i am as a 37 year old <laughs> like it's, it's it's there's just not like there's no comparison between the two it took it took time it took you know you know really like figuring out my own actual foundation of who i wanted to be as a person like, do I want to be that person that is going to do good things for other people and sacrifice myself? Yes, that that is the type of person that I want to be. I'm not. I, I don't want to try to ever buy anyone, and I'm not trying. Like, I think it's important to want to be a to be a good human being and want like you should want to do good things for other kids or other people. It just doesn't matter. There shouldn't be a question. It should just be like, hey. They need help. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up that I've, I've mentioned before is for me personally, martial arts played a really big role on like I've always felt this the same thing that you're saying, Obi, of, of like feeling like a protector and wanting to help. Um, but with martial arts, the first thing that I was taught is, you know, you use your words first. Like mm-hmm. the last resort is is fighting and like you don't start the fights, but if you get to that point, you have you, you better be the one ending it. Um, but I, I learned a lot of I, I've I've been able to sidestep a lot of fights because I've talked talked them down and just like talked my way out of it because that was the first thing kind of hammered into our heads. Like it was as much of uh, of training in that as it was in like the physical training for it. And I think that's really important. I think it's, you know, kids could benefit from that as well. Um, it's, it's, uh, but it is complicated. And, and I agree with you, Mitch, like you seeing the examples of how your parents deal with things. 
um, I mean, that will hopefully keep them from taking the advice of their stupid friends. Because <laughs> 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 like at a certain point, they're going to be spending more time with their friends at schools. And hopefully the things that we're teaching them, you know, stick into their heads. And hopefully also that they know that they can come to us, you know, no matter what, um, to get our insight. So that's also where a little scary thing comes up to where you do the talky talky and, you know, like some of the friends that get like if talking was going on and he thought it was going to go down. No, I'm throwing <laughs> that first blow. Like, no, I'm not going to, I don't want you to hit me first. Like, no, we're that's where the training comes in, man. Like that's when the training comes. It, you move out of the way, you block that shit and you give it a little elbow. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I, I've already hit you. <laughs> I don't know. I've already punched you. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know that there's parts of our brains that tell us whether or not uh, to help or to stand by. I We don't know. There's plenty of studies that try to determine whether it's automatic or reflective or if jumping in is something that we that we're just built to do like it's going to happen no matter what or standing by is our first reflex like nope i'm gonna stand away i think preservation usually is self-preservation yeah i mean if somebody's in a burning car yeah i I don't know if they've done the study of walking by somebody trying to get out of a burning vehicle but like you said zan like when you're driving even if you're with your family something what doesn't really hinder your life when you see somebody who's pushing a car and they're struggling by yourself, your instinct is to stop and help. That's mm-hmm. the type of person you are. But when you think about that, especially in LA, think about how many cars drove past that guy or that woman. So how many people said somebody else will handle this. But once one person gets out, you'll see multiple cars pull over to help this guy push his car into a gas station. So, I know that part is something that's built into us as humans. I know that we can be in the right place and we can raise our children to be like when they're in the right place at the right time to help. But are they going to be the first one? Are they going to be the protagonist there? Are they going to be the one to lead the charge? It's very, it's, it's very complicated because there's some situations where you want to make sure your child doesn't put themselves in hard way. Like you said, self-preservation. It's uh, really, it's it's really, really hard. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this, but I'm glad to talk to you guys about it. Like, Mitch, what, what do you? Uh, I was just gonna say. Uh, so, me, the wife, and Sailor, we watched uh, uh, Klaus. Um, yeah, have you guys seen Klaus on is that the, uh, Netflix? Is that the mm-hmm. uh, the Christmas movie? Yeah, the, with the postman came out last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a great movie. I saw yeah. it, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I watched it by myself the other night while they were gone. Like I needed, to, like I needed to do things that I, like I was like, they're not here, so I need something to remind me of them. But so we that we, makes we, me but, feel worse. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> That's my B, my B. <laughs> but uh, no, we were watching it again tonight, and um, uh, so Klaus, he actually. He's, he literally, like uh, one of the lines from the movie, he sa- states, um, a true selfless act always sparks another. So it brings mm. up to exactly to where your, your point to where, okay, so that first person makes that selfless act to get out of the car and help someone else push. And someone just goes, oh, shit, I see their car back there. 
I know he's not in that car, so he's just helping them. I should get out and help them too. So it's just we, it's weird that we live in a civilization to where it takes that. It always takes another mm-hmm. for. I mean, obviously that would be every case because someone originally has to stop first. But uh, it's just crazy that you know you thousands and thousands of cars will drive by, and no one cares. Until that one person does, yeah. And people start thinking about it, and they're like, "Oh shit!" You know, if I can make my my day was so shitty, but I can make this person's day better because they didn't have to try to do this shit by themselves. I think if you one thing that you you try to remind them as you know, on top of just being happy, wanting them to be happy, is talking about them, you know, wanting them to be kind as well. Um, and I think that you know, ingraining that into their heads you know, yeah, would be helpful. Will be helpful. Yeah, I think it's just, that's just, but unfortunately I, I don't, I don't know if you can ingrain it all you want, but that takes maturity. Yeah. It does. Kids, I mean, kids, it does, but it's still maturity because, and exposure because yeah. you can take them also. It's like, I grew up like going and volunteering and like, it's, you have to have, there has to be experience also. And so yes, maturity brings experience. Um, but it, you can expose you can expose kids to things, you know, at a young age. I mean, oh, one hundred percent. But that kid, like, but that kid also has to be, you know, very strong, a, a very strong individual as well, not to care what other kids may think about him. Because that's like oh, shit right. to where like 100%. other kids will be like, "You fucking nerd, da 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 da, you fucking yeah. do this, you do that," and and it's like, okay, I'm I'm I now I feel like shit because of the good things I've done for other people, because and. You know, it's just a fucking circle of life. That's, that's what it's okay to tell people to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roadhouse just ripped the throat out. <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> well, no, this is this is good. This is good. I, I think I learned a lot, you know, about how we act as humans. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of elements that come into play when our kids grow up. Uh, especially with their peers and different levels of them growing up, you know, in high school, you want to be cool in middle school, you're st- trying to establish yourself. I can go on and on, but I really want to thank you guys for talking to me about this. And I think that you both made amazing points and I want to apply this to my children. And I definitely want to try to put myself out there a little more and be a little more aware of these things and they happen and see if I can learn a little bit more about myself and the things that are happening around me right now, the world is shit. And as you mentioned, Mitch, it's been shit for a long time. Hopefully we can make it a better place and we can help our, make our kids make it a better place. Absolutely. uh, We, we reached the end of this segment. Let's take a quick break and we'll get back to Papa don't preach. Papa don't preach. Thanks for hanging around. You guys have made it to the promised land. This is our final segment before we tell y'all good night and good riddance. Papa's pulpit. This is the segment where all three gentlemen get up here and air out our grievances against the world. Things that bother us, things that piss us off, things that rub us the wrong way. But first up to the pulpit, 
to let us hear it. I'm calling you Zanny Man. What's good? Ooh, Zanny Man. Well, I am mad at roughly 50 million Americans that traveled over the Thanksgiving weekend week Preach. around the U.S. Um, to go have some fucking turkey Preach. and just negate the reality that we're dealing with because they might have not hit it. They might not, excuse me, they might not have felt it directly or they don't think it's that serious. Um, what I don't think people remember is that it, it took 5 million only took when I say only 5 million, 5 million is a lot of people, but in Wuhan, 5 million people left Wuhan for the Chinese new year. And that's how the spread really took off and got us where we are now. Uh, yes, America did not take care of it the way they should have, and we have higher cases. But anyways, 50 million, about 50 million people traveled over Thanksgiving. Um, this is according to the AAA. Uh, and it's just, it's infuriating. I mean, mm -hmm. I had a very small Thanksgiving. That's fine. I was able to still have it, you know, and that's that's great. I spent it with people that were in my bubble, are still in my bubble. Um but it's it's just kind of boggles my mind the just the selfishness, just the fact of like fuck you, I'm I'm gonna do my freedom, I'm gonna get what I want, I'm gonna have this fucking turkey on this holiday that's been a whole lie. Also, don't let me. I, I that's a whole other thing I can get into, which I'm not going to. Um, it's just it's really infuriating. It's it's saddening. It goes back to what you were saying, uh, Mitch, about you know the lack of empathy that. That is, I mean, that we're seeing more and more in America. I mean, I see, luckily, you know, glimpses of, of it and solidarity. But, you know, fifty million people. Gross. Yo, it's gonna be, it's gonna be dark. Like it's, it's not for the. Yes, I know that ninety-eight percent of people recover, but like, that's like six million people in the U.S. is two percent. Two percent. Um. And the fact is, like, we don't want to overrun our hospitals, and they're starting to happen. It's starting to happen. It's gonna get worse, and it's just. I made this other rant about people not believing in science before, and it just it comes back to that also. And it's, um, you know, uh, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that the next two weeks everything starts to go down. But I realistically, I don't see that happening, um, and it's just it's very frustrating. And so I, I can't wait till Biden gets in and starts making some national mandates. And I hope, uh, man, I hope it just, I uh, hope it turns around, but it's, it's just very frustrating on a day where you're supposed to be thankful for shit. I mean, come on, you motherfuckers. Damn. It's just, <laughs> we're stupid. It's because we're stupid. It's stupid. And it, it's just, it's selfish. And it's like, it, there's so many, there's so, it's not just one thing that will fix like that, that has gotten to this point. There's just so many things that have been broken that if we had, if we cared about the longevity of this economy in this in this country, that we would educate our people and, um, you know, just instill an idea of solidarity for one another. I'm done. I could go on more and more and just God ramble. God damn! God damn! My mind's going in so many like different places where I'm just like, it's it's just because we're it's just we're stupid. Bro, you frustrated me. I'm so like, you just, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Roxanne, thank you very much. I appreciate you stepping up. I'm gonna take the pulpit for you and slide it all right down to Mitch. Mitch, why don't you step up? Tell us what's irking you. <sighs> keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah, this is like a deep hate. <laughs> Ooh, is this one of those times where like something that you've pushed down for so long it's just gonna erupt now yeah i hope so i'm waiting i fucking hate the guys from the impractical jokers <laughs> and the mystery index so fucking much like it, their shit is so goddamn cringy and the fact that they just keep having like another season of one of their terrible shows i i I picture who says, yes, let's bring back a season two or three or four. <laughs> <laughs> and ugh, I, I just don't, I, I, the words really, like I can't express the hate and the anger that I have for, you know, congratulations to them for being successful, I guess. <laughs> not the bully hate, but Jesus Christ, like they're just not fucking funny. I've like, never seen it. Oh, I tried this. It's god awful. It's god awful. I I watched like I watched one and I was like, I, not even close to laughing. I was like, you know what? Okay, they have all of a sudden they have like season four coming out, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay, I gave it another chance. Still fucking terrible, and my mind was just blown. It's just there's nothing funny about any of them. I fucking hate them. Jesus. Thinking yeah. about that, God, thinking about that show, and they're just all of them. I just want to line all four of them up and fucking slap the living fuck out of all of them. <laughs> For those of you at home, I know that you guys don't have the visual element on this as a podcast, but I guess I want to explain to you the rage that I'm looking at right now. And I see lots of red. Like I just, just, the, just. Ugh. I don't know if you can hear his teeth grinding on this microphone. Like, like fist balled up. Teeth showing, face red. He fucking hates the impractical jokers. <laughs> I don't know why I'm that angry about them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, just talking about it makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mitch. I appreciate you sharing your grievances here. Uh, I'm going to take the pulpit away from you and step up myself. Um, I have been very upset for a very long time and i'm sorry if me taking out all this anger on one specific industry is unfair but i went uh as you guys know i'm i, I work up north like this isn't my permanent residence i got a house down in la and i don't sign up for shit up here this isn't my address i don't sign up for anything and very rarely do i go down to my mailbox and check my mail because who the fuck is sending me a mail? I got PG&E, which is the electric company that sends me my bill every month. Every time I go down to my mailbox, to this brand new building that did not exist in 2018, to find my one piece of mail that I'm looking for, I got to rip out a penny saver, a bunch of coupons for Kmart, which I didn't know existed, some mailers for Urban Sitter, uh, a couple dog walking mails, uh, real estate. Hey, you looking for a place to stay? No, you're emailing me about a place that I live. No, I'm not looking for a fucking place to stay. I pull all this garbage out and it goes in the, goes in the trash can right next to it. They actually built a bin for recycled mail to go in. 
So I'm thinking to myself in this great country, freedom, freedom, freedom. Don't get me started with fucking freedom. It's great in the right context. You know, don't whip out your dick in a fucking bar because you get kicked out while wearing a mask. Oh, my God. But I digress. In this fucking country, in America, there is a company, there is a factory where the fucking penny saver, yes, in a world where we have Craigslist, Five Mile, Offer Up, Amazon, Facebook Market, all these different types of elements, there is a place at a warehouse where they are pumping out hundreds and thousands of penny savers just in case I wanted to send a letter to some douchebag with sunrise sandals to send it over to my house because that might be interesting and I can save a dollar. Now, I understand keeping money in our own community. I understand supporting local businesses, but come the fuck on. Do I need a fistful of garbage pieces of... Do I need to know that Safeway is offering eggs at $4.99? I'll go to motherfucking Safeway and I'll see it. Do I need to know that Costco is selling bikes? No. What the fuck? I'm not saying that I have something against free enterprise or advertising. I'm not upset about that. But I tell you right now that pulling out pages and pages and pages and pages and, you guessed it, pages of useless <laughs> Pieces of shit with all that fucking color on it. And don't let me started about fucking printers. Don't even get me fucking started about printers. <laughs> I know I'm a little all over the fucking place, but I'm an angry fucking guy. Don't even I get me started with fucking printers. But the fact that this gets stuffed in my fucking mailbox and not even addressed to me. It's addressed to the resident at blank blank address. They're just stuffing them in the mailbox. They look it up and say, hey, we don't know who lives here. All right, put resident. No, it's not for me. Who's paying for this? <laughs> who the fuck is paying for this? Costco, are you serious? How many motherfucking people are looking in their fucking mailbox to see like, oh, let's see. Oh, oh look at this. I get a BOGO for uh, some Kirkland t-shirts at Costco. Great, I'm Rip this out, save it, put it in my little wallet, and walk those away. Those were the couponers, man. They made a show on it. <laughs> you watched that show. Hell no. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, I wanted to end this and just say I didn't like it, but Mitch, you unlocked a door, and now I'm going to go full rage. You're welcome. I'm going to go full rage. Just because we have a fucking problem in this fucking country doesn't mean that we need to hire a crew and amplify this problem to make money off of it. Start fixing that fucking problem instead of capitalizing on that problem. But I know, I know what you're all saying. Obi, this is America. We're stupid. We love this shit. Well, here's where I'm coming from. Fuck you and go fuck your own face. <laughs> I disagree. I fucking disagree. I disagree. I don't care what you have to fucking say. We are wasting away and we are destroying the planet and destroying our livelihoods because why? Big ass fucking corporations need to make a fucking penny. Yeah, I said it. A fucking penny. Let's do a cost analysis. Let's say 
all these motherfucking companies stop selling, sending out these stupid fucking mailers. I want to see how much money they lose because I guarantee it is minuscule. It's non-existent. How many times have you been watching TV and you saw a Costco commercial? Hey, come down to Costco. This is what, how many times have you seen that? I haven't seen it. I've never seen it once. You ever seen it? I haven't seen it. Well, guess what? If you go down to my fucking mail room right now, you're going to walk into a fucking Costco commercial. (laughs) I don't want to keep you guys too long. I know we all got shit to do. That's my pulpit. Fuck everybody. Fuck the newspapers. Fuck wasting paper. Fuck wasting money. Fuck everybody who's involved with that. And to you, especially Penny Saver, to you, you archaic piece of shit. Nobody walks around with fucking pennies anymore. The fucking idea of you does not exist anymore. You should get with the people who invented the VCR. You should hook up with my homeboys at Xerox and go with the wind. You do not exist. You are a fucking afterthought. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. Penny saver, suck a fat, lemony, sour, herpes-infested dick. Fuck you. You are a piece of shit, and you're not worth anything. You're not worth the air I fucking breathe. Fuck you. I hate you. Suck it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Cape around him. Put the cape around him. Ladies and gentlemen. Talk about me holding down my anger. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. I'd like to give a big shout out to Blaine Pierre, our producer. Oh, Mr. Blaine Pierre. We got multiple people on our music. Azan, who's doing our music right now? We got Aaron Mostow. We got it down, laying it down. We got Aaron Mostow added to the crew. We are growing. A big shout to DNA, uh, also helping out on our music. A big shout out to Transit Productions. They're going to be dealing with us very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Papa Don't Preach. Please come back next week. I hope all y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Actually, scratch that. Thank you, King Trump. Merry Christmas. I can say that now. This is America. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm going to be saying it next week and the week after that. Uh, And I would say Happy Hanukkah, but I think it's racist, so I won't. Anyway, hold on. Hold on, everyone. Mitch is part Jewish. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this is Papa Don't Preach, and we'll see y'all next week.